Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show slash podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me from LRB West is the co-host recently dubbed Jen Squared, Christy Wise. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning. As regular listeners know, this is a Monday edition of Little Red Bandwagon, where we recap the previous week of TBTL on Saturdays. We present interviews with tens, and you just heard us talk with ten Kevin Farewell. If you have not listened to that one yet, I encourage you to do so. It was a lot of fun (laughs) talking to Kevin and listening back to a favorite Luke Big Dog story. Uh, Before we jump into this week's recap, some LRB business. Mike Frizzell, author of Occasional Sarcastic Tweets about the book's Word Freak and A Few Seconds of Panic, is off this week. As noted on Saturday's show, his schedule has been hectic, but he will be joining us back here soon. In the meantime, if you see an older gentleman in a Colorado Rockies cap and an early 90s Ford Aerostar, pull up to your bank, maybe save your deposit for tomorrow. (laughs) I want to know if he called in sick to uh, Infinite Guess. (laughs) Well, someone Did he submit this? (laughs) Actually, uh, since we're part of the 10710 podcast network, you really should be calling in sick to Jeremy. That's very true. And uh, something tells me that has not happened. So (laughs) as if the HR issues weren't awkward enough uh, with the clothing policy. (laughs) When our our boss, if that's Jeremy, is naked half the time, is there an HR issue? (laughs) Doesn't everything kind of go at that point? (laughs) I'm not complaining. (laughs) Uh, All right. We'll jump into our recap. uh, And then after that, we'll do uh, our usual spiel on how to get involved and a little bit of housekeeping. And at the end of the show, Christy, I'll have you give us the update on the archiving project because I know you have been. Yes, um, it launched. Sending tons of information from your personal email account to dozens and (laughs) dozens of times. Yes. But first, uh, let's get going with this week in review, Uh, starting with Monday, episode number 1922, (laughs) Romeo Blue Meditation. Uh, This episode had a slow start. It sounds like both the boys had uh, some pretty heavy weekends and were catching up a little bit from it. Uh, Starting with Andrew talking about having a hangover from the weekend, worst or first he's had in a while, and sleeping in his jeans, which just continues our theme. (sighs) That Andrew has no idea what kind of pants he should sleep in. (laughs) He just needs a whole bottom half over, like a big makeover (laughs) needs to happen. Yeah, just a celebrity makeover from the waist down. But don't you kind of know that that's when you've had a night is when you wake up in your clothes, sometimes with your shoes still on? Oh, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) Of course, when somebody really loves you, they'll they'll get you out of some of that, which is nice. <laughs> but that's what I, that's why I would like to know what happened because it's Genevieve just let him do that. So did they have a fight? Was he annoying? Did she have to kind of half carry him up the stairs, like you know we've all had to do with our people, <laughs> carry them up the stairs when? <laughs> I just have this thought that she just looked at him and said, this is why we're not married. There's the couch. (laughs) 
Um, or just said, well, his jeans are kind of like what he already sleeps in, so. <laughs> right. A he pair won't of know. broken and blue jeans is still more comfortable than a pair of khaki cutoffs. <laughs> so, really, it's an improvement. Right. Uh, what I would have hated is if he said, you know, this wasn't too bad, and then started wearing that. <laughs> He's. He's sort of like a never nude, but even worse because yeah. it's full pants. Absolutely. He won't even cut them off. <laughs> uh, Luke had an exciting weekend as well. Uh, this was uh, quite a run. He did Friday night out hard with Camaro Kev, Saturday night celebrating Jessica's birthday, and then Sunday, a daytime boating adventure with Japan's number one mixer, Sean DeTori. I'm... I'm a little jealous. Like, I haven't had a weekend that exciting in a while. I know. I guess when you're semi-homeless, you you just live <laughs> live however you want. Right. He's just um, he's just got a, a bindle. He's just got a, his stuff tied to the end of a stick, and he just goes wherever the adventure takes him. Well, it's not just that, but also he's living kind of a single life, right? Right. Because Carrie's off doing the adulting right now, and... <laughs> He's living as if he's 20, but this time he doesn't have an infant child. Right. <laughs> he doesn't have a toddler, <clears throat> and he has lots of money, so he can buy drinks and whatever. I um, I've, I did some speculating a few weeks ago, mostly off the air, but a little bit on the air as well, thinking that maybe things were a little rough because we hadn't heard a lot about Carrie in a while, and Luke was going on his his road trip across America. Uh, and obviously what's happened is Carrie just realizes if she wants anything to get done, it's best to just let him go play and keep him <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> and he'll just go up to Bellingham when the house is sold and completely unpacked and move straight in. <laughs> right. And all we'll have to do is name the pool house studios. Right. He'll, he'll be late anyways. So why invite him? <laughs> uh, our top story for Monday, uh, was a wardrobe malfunction by one Lenny Kravitz. Was it yeah, splitting it was. his leather pants open? Yes, he yeah. kind of did it. Did you see the actual photo? No. Oh. So, Lenny, right if after- you're listening to this, call me. <laughs> right after you Google Andy Haynes shirtless, you should Google Lenny Kravitz mm-hmm. leather pants. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just a pants-themed show, I guess, between... Andy sleeping in his jeans, and then Lenny Kravitz doing everything in his leather pants. Yes. Um, Andrew exclaiming, his tonight pants are leather pants. Might have been my one-liner of the week. (laughs) (laughs) I wish that was true. Um, So you've, uh, we'll do a trigger warning here. I think there's going to be just a touch of mommy-daddy talk. You saw the picture? Yes. Uh, There's a piercing I couldn't see the piercing. Um, there were other things in the way that I was <laughs> a little bit focused on. Um, but that's, I have never heard of that piercing. Right. I mean, yeah, all, you know, the junk being pierced, that that's just like, you know, old news these days. Everyone has that, right? Yeah, who um, hasn't? <laughs> but that's interesting. I feel that it would be annoying. You think that there would be some chafing and some irritation, but I guess... Right. Also, I don't know about getting piercing for someone else's pleasure. Is that just me being selfish? I think it's a bit of an excuse on Lenny Kravitz's part. You're like, oh, yeah, I got that for everyone but me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't buy that. Um, I have never worn a pair of leather pants, and I'm proud to say that. 
Um, it wouldn't really be the same if you did, so I'm not too concerned if you have or not. I'm curious about Jeremy. No. I don't think so. The closest thing was probably that C-3PO outfit the, that we made for him. The gold lamey stretch suit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I just looked on eBay for plus size gold uh, outfit. And <laughs> it was like a woman's. Um, which no one should wear that as an actual outfit. It was like a running outfit. I just imagine some old Jewish woman in Florida <laughs> uh, running laps around the, the mall. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> wearing that thing. You know that no one on a Segway is going to run her over, though, because there's no missing that. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, Luke went down a Lenny Kravitz rabbit hole that I don't think we need to follow him down. No. Uh, and then we jumped into the other stories of the day. Uh a groundbreaking study that says that exercise is more effective than dieting for losing weight, mm-hmm. according to a study funded by Coca-Cola. <laughs> and this led to a, a trope that Luke trots out from time to time about when soda is outside the jurisdiction of the counter staff at a restaurant, then it's a free for all mm-hmm. versus when it's behind the counter. And I agree, actually. I love that soda's out. And of course, that's when you mix up the 18 different flavors in your cup. Right. Or, Doing doing a little mix because you're not going to say, so I enjoy what I call disco lemonade, which is 90% lemonade, 10% white, whatever, you know, seven up Sprite, whatever. And you're not going to say that to the person in behind the counter. Right. Yeah. I don't think I've ever ordered a mixed soda uh, from the counter person. I am a big fan of those Coca-Cola vending machines where you do the touch screen. Oh. Yes. Uh, And that's because I do drink diet soda. I drink a lot of Diet Coke. And I'm actually a fan of diet root beer. And nobody has diet Barks root beer on tap when they have a limited number of taps. But the machine can make it. And I'll just plow through way too much of it. And, of course, I'm going to get fat anyway. Fatter. Because, you know, the sweetness factor and all that. It's not just sugar. But I like it. I don't care. Yeah. And also they have all those weird flavors, too. So they'll have... Diet root beer that's lime and cherry and <laughs> right. the flavors that you didn't even know you wanted. Right. Um, I wish if they'd had that when I was a kid, I could just imagine spending hours staring at it and pissing off people in line behind me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, exactly. Andy tells us, I keep calling him Andy lately and I don't know why, but Andrew tells us he was a Kool-Aid kid, not a soda kid. Um, mm-hmm. Were you a Kool-Aid kid or a soda kid or both or, or neither? Sugar-free Kool-Aid, which I think came around uh, when they invented, uh, what is that stuff called? Equal? Saccharin or, yeah, yeah, whatever it was that was in a little pack. But my parents drink a ton of soda, and I mostly Coke, like in the bottles. I remember we would get the little 12 packs of bottles and have to take them back. And I don't like brown soda, really. So it never, soda never appealed to me as a kid. Also, I just saw them drinking so much of it, and it, I was kind of turned off by it. Yeah. So I even today, I don't really like soda just because the fizz. Now, where do you stand on iced tea? Oh, I'm all for it. Yeah. I get it all the time. So I, I grew up a soda kid. Um, we drank a lot of Coke, Coca-Cola, like OG Red Coke when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes also RC Cola in the two-liter bottles. RC Cola, yep. Um, it was cheaper sometimes, and we were cheap, and my mom liked the very cola-iness of it. It's so much stronger. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then we made the switch to Diet Coke, I think when I was in high school. Um, but we were never a Kool-Aid family. And I was always amazed going over to friends' houses where there would just be a jug of Kool-Aid in the fridge. And of course, I loved that because it was fruity and sugary. And mm-hmm. for some reason, I had a really skewed view of what was luxury when I was a kid. Like there were things we were pretty broke and there were things that my mom just wouldn't buy. And then I got to college and started doing my own grocery shopping like for real for the first time. And also didn't have the problem of bringing something home and someone being like, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. And I realized like, oh, Capri Sun is like a box of 10 bags for $2. Yeah. I can have all the Capri Sun and juice boxes I want. You all lied to me for 18 years. Because <laughs> I never had any of that. I never had any of the lunchbox treats. I never had Capri Sun. It wasn't a matter of being healthy because, again, we drank Coke. It was just a matter of like, that's just not what my mom wanted to spend our grocery money on. Right. I, we had, I had a similar situation. We didn't have fun lunch snacks or, I mean, even when they were talking about cereal, sugary cereal, we didn't have it probably not for the health factor, but just because it was expensive. So we ate a lot of puffed rice. Yep. Um, life cereal, th- those kind of things. They were a little bit off brand. Yep, Life I, I ate a lot of cereal that came in giant bags instead of boxes. <laughs> giant bags, yep. <laughs> that had names that kind of tried to sound like it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, even to this day, I don't really like sugary cereal. Um, I remember once as a kid, my mom buying us a box of Frosted Flakes as a treat. I hated them. Um, I like Cheerios, Rice Krispies. I think the, the sweetest sugary cereal I go for is like frosted mini wheats oh, okay those are good you know uh just because mm-hmm. i like old people cereal my grandmother used to get these biscuits like the actual full-size shredded wheats yeah and you'd crunch them up i loved that yep we had those too uh so yeah i was a coke kid mm-hmm. and then i would go over to my friend's houses and just be mystified at bags of junk food and you know whatever we used to order pizza and stuff all the time though so again it wasn't a health thing but it just invigorated my love for fried food from a young age instead of my love of sugary drinks. Right. <laughs> uh, we get some emails on Monday. Um, there's one more bovine backlash email. Luke did use bovine correctly. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, lots of beverage backlash, actually. We get emails about mm-hmm. how beer is an experience and sort of throwing shade on Andrew's love of Bud Light a little bit more. Uh, and similarly, uh, we step out of that Luke's... controversy just so Luke can step in another one by talking about how much he now loves Starbucks. Yeah, I totally understand what he's talking about with the the chicory flavor. And it's I know it's not chicory, but there is a flavor to this hipster coffee that he's talking about. And it's not just hipster coffee in the way... It, that people are thinking you have to be from the Seattle, Portland area to understand the level of this hipsterness. They have a coffee that takes 10 minutes to brew and it's in this giant glass thing that looks like a giant bong. Yep. <laughs> and it, 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 it's artisan water that comes and it drips one drip at a time. And I don't, I, I don't like it. And when we go into these places, I completely freeze and I don't, know what to order and so i usually end up just saying the first thing i see on the menu and then i don't like it 
and Jeremy ends up drinking it anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, the Chemex coffee when they do it in the big glass beakery looking things, and it mm-hmm. it looks like a lot of science going into your coffee. Too much. Um, and can anyone actually taste the difference? Come on. Well, I I think there are people who can, just like there are people who are beer snobs and wine snobs and and all that. And there's nothing wrong with that if you like that, but. But don't hate on the people who just love Black Diner coffee like I do. I mean, I love good coffee, and I'll go out of my way for it. I think when I was in Seattle, I, I got a couple of really great cups of coffee from different local places. Uh, but I also can appreciate uh, Black yeah, Station coffee. Right, exactly, <laughs> like whatever is available. Um, but I think the real controversy with Luke is that he's so emotionally conflicted about Starbucks as a yes. company and as mm-hmm. an owner uh, destroying that his, stole our Sonics. you yep. right. But I, I, why I like Starbucks is that it's going to be done the same every time. That's going to be the same cup of coffee that you get here as in, you know, St. Paul, Minnesota. It's always the same. And, um, that, there, there's something for that to, of tasting like home. I also really like their iced tea. I don't get coffee at Starbucks. I, I like their iced tea. Mm. Um, so there's that, but, my main point on this is why do people care what they drink? Stop sending right. emails. It doesn't matter. Who cares if Andrew likes Bud Light? Well, uh, we'll get to it later in the week, but Andrew, uh, <laughs> Luke actually gets some advice on his want to drink black coffee. Um, before we get there, though, so much more from Monday, or a little bit more from Monday. Uh, Luke has decided that he wants to explore transcendental meditation. <laughs> <laughs> There's a theme this week, and it's come up before. It might actually just be a theme for TBTL right now in general. Uh, But I've said this many times. Luke is going through a midlife crisis and has greatly overestimated his life expectancy. (laughs) This should have been years ago. Um, And we see it later in the week with his meteor shower experience. Um, Have you ever interacted with tm at all are you familiar with it no i know that people do it but i don't know what it really means right it i mean i'm sure it works for some people and i'm i'm happy for them that it works but it's also a lot of hippy dippy bullshit like mm-hmm. when i need to take a break i just go somewhere quiet close my eyes for a little while and relax um i don't know if i can handle the discipline of tm and also there's a big buy-in like you sort of learn it and you take lessons with people and you, you end up spending a lot of money on it, which is my first red flag about it. Okay. I mean, cause you got to study with people and get books and I don't know. I just see this as the next thing that someone will spend too much money on and then throw in the closet. Right. 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 Like the kitty litter thing. Right. <laughs> litter quitter. Yes. <laughs> and then end up giving it away at a TBTL event. Ugh. I didn't know there was a money factor. I thought it was just kind of like yoga or just sit in your house and think about it, think about stuff. Well, I mean, if you wanted to do it for nothing, I'm sure that there's plenty of things you can read online and and figure it out. But I also think that any chance there's a way to make a buck, someone is out there selling expensive lessons on how to do TM. Right. And my guess is that uh, Luke's going to want to do it full force if he's going to do it. Right. Um. We got a song of the summer update. 
since our show comes out on Monday mornings, by the time you hear this, the results of the official bracket for the Chateau Saint-Michel Song of the Summer 2015 contest should be finalized. We should know who the winner is. Uh, but our two finalists uh, were Ellie King's X's and O's going up against Major Lazer's Lean On. Christy, do you have a, a fight? Do you have a pick in this? Or at this point, are X's you... And O's. X's and O's. I've been voting for that since the beginning. Yeah, me too. It's um, such a great song. I think Lean On's a, a good song. Like, I think that we did a decent job as a community of sort of shaking this down to a good final matchup. I agree. And in TBTL, in our usual way, it's sort of an indie-ish sounding song against less so. I don't know how to describe Lean On, really. They're yeah. both great, but they're very different. Mm-hmm. So, way to go, Tens. You've you've made the most of the crap that was the beginning of this bracket. Right. <laughs> And, you know, we got a lot of good music out of here. And hopefully we'll find a way to play the Jamie XX song at the picnic anyway, just to scare Andrew. (laughs) Uh, And, of course, this is a great time to do a promo for the picnic, Christy. You've done it so many times now. Yes. Wednesday the 19th, which is next Wednesday. This Wednesday. Oh, this Wednesday. uh This Wednesday, a couple days. Just a couple days. Uh (laughs) Next Wednesday, you'll miss it. Or um, it's three years ago, depending on when you're listening to this. <laughs> right, right. Um, at the Chateau Saint-Michel in Woodenville, Washington, 6 p.m. And there's a chart somewhere of what you should bring. Bring what you want. Bring what you can. Right. Completely disregard that chart. Just show up and bring <laughs> something. We love you. We love all of you. Just show up. That's the important part. I will yeah. be there. I'm making the trip from Boston, from Rhode Island, actually, to be there. So you have no excuse, Tens. Be there. Right. And I'm going to say a little thing because I've heard of people being too scared to come to events because they don't know anyone or whatever. But this is the picnic is actually the perfect time for your first event because you can stay with your people and you can still be there and you can slowly start talking to people and the the winery is such a huge area that you could even pretend you're not even at the event if you needed (laughs) to just have your own adjacent picnic right (laughs) or just bring your 11 that doesn't really know what's going on and they won't it won't be on their radar and then you can mingle with everyone but everyone should come up and talk to us yes i don't know where we are i i feel the one thing i do feel weird about is going around and talking to people because they're eating. Right. You know, they're sitting with their uh, friends and family and eating. And so come over to me. I don't care. But um, we'll be repping the LRB pride. We'll make sure that people can find us. And uh, yeah, come on over and hang out. Uh, That's a great point, by the way, about 11s. Like if you're overdue to impress your 11 with a romantic night out, Perfect. Just be like, oh, hey, yes. I packed a picnic basket. I've got a blanket and some food. Got a little olive, some cheese, some crackers, a little fresh fruit. Let's go have a picnic. By the way, hundreds of awesome people I have heard of will be there. <laughs> <laughs> How could you go wrong? Do that. Did you want to hit on any other notes from Monday? I don't think so. Are you sure? Because I see the Susie farting story. <laughs> oh, he brought that up. I love it. It's my favorite, especially when he just does the one off the 
you know, just drops it of, you know, Susie Burbank didn't fart until she was 18. Yep. <laughs> and then when he always says, but mom, when it actually happened, that must have been, you must have been terrified. I love that every time. <laughs> Because it's totally a valid point. Like, if you made the case that you had farted for the first 18 years of your life, you would think that you're dying. Yeah, you would think you were exploding. Where did that noise come from? I mean, was she aware of what a fart was before that? I mean, had she heard it? Had she smelled it? Did people talk about it? I, I need more. I have more questions. Right. People are making, she has questions on this. People are making <laughs> jokes about it, and she just doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> She, you know, it's like when you don't get the joke and you're just like, oh, yeah, farting, right? right. <laughs> what is this whoopee cushion type thing? I don't know. Blame what on the dog? <laughs> All right. Tuesday, Susie. episode number 1923. No pocky for old men. We almost didn't get a show title. That came in right at the end. Yeah. Uh, Luke is in Ballard. Uh, still, still sort of homeless. Um <laughs> And Andrew is pontificating about becoming a true Angelino, talking about how much he loves L.A. Uh, and this was prompted because of Skywriters just writing the word Compton over and over again in the sky. <laughs> because of the movie coming out, right. right? And the album. I forgot to mention for Monday, uh, Andrew reviews the new Dre album and his review is worthless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Tuesday was one of the most grating episodes of TBTL I've heard in a while. I mean, it was definitely a TBTL classic instantly because Luke goes on and on about how much he hates CenturyLink to the point where he makes Andrew call CenturyLink so that we could listen to the terrible hold music. And that was pretty funny. It went on a little bit too long, but it was pretty funny. Well, it wouldn't be TBTL if it didn't go on a little bit too long. But <laughs> my favorite part is that Andrew gets all the way through setting up the whole music, and then it's not as bad as Luke thought it was. <laughs> I think when you're in the process and you're angry, it just makes it worse. Right. Um, I can't remember which one of them said the line, TBTL, we dare you to listen. It's <laughs> hilarious. Um, I worked for a company, a wireless company, and... We were having very big system and network issues when I when I, when I first started, and we had whole times up to two hours. We had a queue that would post, and when it would get to all X's, we knew we were just like it was fucked, right? Sorry, Aiden. That it was it meant everyone we talked to was going to be angry because they were on the phone for over an hour, um, and that something really bad happened. And I remember there was we would have a similar thing. It would be this weird hold music and then it would go. And then we apologize for, you know, the same thing that happened there. But there was one, one part of it that said, and, and a representative will be happy to, to take your call. And we always were saying, and a disgruntled employee will be, will be answering <laughs> your call. shortly. <laughs> Oh, it's bad. And then it it randomly switched. I don't know who supplies this hold music or where it comes from, but it would go from top forty to Muzak to weird Christmas songs. <laughs> At that point, they're just hoping people will hang up. They're making the music get slowly worse and worse, yes, slowly worse, <laughs> till you're super angry and your blood pressure's up. But Luke also mentioned that. 
Carrie found the email for the CEO of CenturyLink? Yeah, we need to share whatever that website was that she apparently <laughs> used to do that because that's great. Yes. Um, of course. And something got done. And I know this because when I worked for the same wireless company, my my next job after taking calls was I was an escalation um, specialist who there was only four of us. We were kind of like the secret, the, I call it the SEAL Team 6 or whatever they're called <laughs> because only people who knew knew. And when the CEO would get escalation emails, he would forward them to us and then we'd have five minutes to respond and 24 hours to get the issue solved. So I know that this is actually a thing. Right. You got some VIP customers coming through when you had that job, didn't you? Oh, yes. Names that you can't name, I'm sure. Oh, well, no, it's fine. Um, the president at the time, Bush, his uh, BlackBerry stopped working. Um, Martha Stewart. There's Was Martha Stewart yeah. trying to get you guys to use a drone to drop her one in prison? <laughs> that the- it was before the prison. But mostly... W- what what would happen is we would kind of be the project manager of the escalation or the facilitator because we couldn't troubleshoot the White House's BlackBerry server. Right. Um. So we had a we had a team that worked twenty four hours a day and had to answer to us, and then someone would actually go out there and and troubleshoot it for the, for those kinds because we were only for business customers. Right. Our top story on Tuesday. Uh, was Boston Mayor Marty Walsh of the Ohio Walshes <laughs> to ban smokeless tobacco uh, in Boston parks all the way up to Fenway Park. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who has been to Fenway and goes to games on occasion and, and spends a lot of time in Boston, it doesn't really bother me much either way. I mean, I don't do smokeless. I've never done chew or, or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm surprised, actually, that Major League Baseball hasn't already banned that in the parks. That was something that just, like, I remember, it must be banned in at least some parks, because I remember stories when I was a kid of ballplayers mashing this terrible combination of, like, bubblegum and uh, uh, sunflower seeds. It's sort of like this gross substitute for chew. And I just, yeah, exactly. I was as nauseated as you just sounded by that. Uh, but I'm just surprised at this day and age that ballplayers are still even doing it. It just seems so gross and old-fashioned. Yeah. Um, and your lips fall off. Right. Yeah, exactly. Tongue cancer. We have a friend that has tongue cancer, and that's just – it's not something that you want. It's – and for what reason? It's so gross. Right. Um, Marty Walsh was joined by former Red Sox pitcher Kurt Schilling for the announcement. Uh, and Luke went on a little side about Kurt Schilling's video game company blowing up and wasting a ton of taxpayer money. Just a little report from Rhode Island. That was our tax money. That company uh-huh. was headquartered in Providence. It was 38 Studios. I've seen the videos of the video game that was in development, and it looked awful. Like, uh-huh. I'm not a gamer, but it looked really amateurish and stupid. Um yeah, uh, we had to restructure our entire like statewide economic development team because of the controversy that that caused. But anyway, Kurt Schilling hates tobacco uh, and has no money, and so he's probably doing these appearances to get his uh, image up. Uh, what was really the interesting part of this conversation wasn't the news, but it was uh, the guys talking about 
their experience with tobacco and, and Andrew saying that he's hating smoke more and more despite being a smoker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said he's in the very center sliver of the narrow Venn diagram of smokers and lovers of big government. <laughs> <laughs> and that he's coming to terms with not even being able to smoke on his little porch, which I think is mm-hmm. great. Well, I also think that um, Andrew's the type that if cigarettes all of a sudden became, and this isn't far reaching at all, because I think this is how, it, how much it is in New York City, but if cigarettes cost $12 a pack, Andrew would be like, okay, that's legitimate. It's paying for things that will most likely help me in the future, like lung cancer research <laughs> right, and medical bills and lawsuits. <laughs> so yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's legitimate. Yeah. I don't know if this is a thing in the Pacific Northwest, but you know, here we would, you know, drive to an Indian reservation to get cheap cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people do that. Yeah, more Western New York when I lived there, but I just can't even imagine uh, going through all that. My smoking story is really lame, but I was, I was like eight or nine years old, and I had a babysitter. Like this family used to babysit me, and just kind of whoever was around would take me under and mm-hmm. tote me around. <laughs> and there was a teenage girl in the family, and she and her friends thought it would be hilarious to get me to smoke. And this was, you know the early 90s and everyone smoked and they made me try a cigarette and I burned my lungs out because I didn't know what I was doing. Right. (laughs) And I swore I would never do it again because I felt nauseous and I was miserable Mm -hmm. and it was a traumatic peer pressure. Like it wasn't even like I chose to do it. They kind of forced it on me. And uh, I swore I'd never do it again. And I I didn't smoke anything again until college. (laughs) So I guess it worked. Like we should just make every eight-year-old have a traumatic experience. Right. My mine's the same where my mom was a smoker, my whole life still is. And I didn't I thought that it was gross. It smelled. She would do the cleaning her face by licking her hands and I'd have like menthol face. Um smoking in Omaha in the middle of winter with the the window barely cracked. The whole thing just made me sick. And so I never wanted to have that. <laughs> right. Um yeah, the only other smoking I ever did was in college. As a freshman, uh, very drunk, uh, clove cigarettes once in a while because oh, they smell yep. like candy. Right. And they taste like candy. And yeah, I've had that. But I'd always say, if you see me trying to smoke a clove or whatever, then I'm too drunk and someone needs to take me home. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and the next morning, I would always regret it. I'd wake up right. in my in my jeans and... <laughs> You're more hungover from that stupid, you know, half a cigarette that you try to do right? than you are from drinking. Right. Uh, On Tuesday, we also talked about how LOL is going out of style and it being replaced by ha 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 and things like that. Andrew let us know that he needs a wah wah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I appreciated because I've certainly been in that position before. Right. Uh, Luke tells us that he uses strings of emoji with Carrie to express his love and other things, which he's talked about before. And it just makes me feel like an old man because I like if I want to send a specific thought and there's an emoji that matches that, like literally, I'm good. But I see how the kids, <laughs> I say that as a younger man myself still, <laughs> as a 29 and a half year old man. 
Uh, I see how the kids are using strings of emojis for deeper meaning and like how they're all associated with different specific things. And I have no idea how to translate in and out of that. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't have enough. There's hundreds of them and I just get angry because they don't have cheese. They don't have tacos. They don't have a face that looks like it's puking. And those are things that I would use all the time. Yeah. Maybe we need to build an LRB expansion deck for emoji. (laughs) I like it. Right, cause, because it just seems weird that there's three different types of sushi rolls, but there's no tacos. Right. Well, you know, I, I'm i about to say something that's going to sound racist or xenophobic. I understand that the emojis are global. Mm-hmm. And so three different kinds of sushi rolls in some parts of the world would be like us making sure that we have three very generic different types of food. Right. Yeah, we're re- and I think it might be a Japanese company that makes the emojis. Okay, so maybe there's a, it's a special app, right? All that the, loads it, and with Apple, it's integrated into the iPhone now. So everyone has these universal emoji. Basically, the guy who was supposed to lobby for tacos uh, just missed the meeting. Like he slept in when they were horse trading at the "How many emojis can we have?" meeting. Yeah. Well, the last two updates, we were promised tacos. Right. Um, And when did the eggplant just become penis? (laughs) Because look at it. Well, I get it. But like when they were meeting and they thought we better have an eggplant. Right. But see, that's what I mean. No cheese, but eggplant. Right. No, it's a. That should be the title of today's show. (laughs) No cheese, but eggplant. (laughs) I'm writing it down. Okay. It's a flawed system. And, you know, uh, just another time I wish Mike was here right now. I've been meaning to bring this up. Speaking of cheese, uh, what this week was the the Chateau Saint-Michel, a toast to cheese. Mm -hmm. And in some of the promo spots, Luke mentions that he liked cheese more than anyone else. And if Mike wasn't so busy this week, I feel like he would be able to be offended by that. I I take offense on his behalf. Yeah. Because... Luke is always, what do you say, on his weight loss grind. Right. <laughs> There's not a lot of cheese going on. Let's be honest. Right. Cheese is full of calories and fat and all the good things in life. And Luke denies himself those good things. Versus a man like Andrew. Andrew. Ha. Well, pastrami, sure. Versus a man like mm-hmm. Mike, who's given up hope on that and eats all the cheese he wants, which I respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, similarly, later in the week, on Thursday, we'll get there. Uh, I'll I'll say it now. Uh, Andrew goes to a diner for breakfast and Luke says to Andrew, no one likes diners more than you. And I was extremely offended (laughs) because I know I like diners more than Andrew does because it's just not possible that I don't, but whatever. Uh, Tuesday, uh, we had an email with an other person problem, yet they did not play the OPP music, which made me very sad. Uh, Christopher has an annoying neighbor who will not leave him alone. And uh, and Luke, rather, is surprisingly not all about just telling this guy to bug off. I think it's weird to tell on him. Tell the landlord on him? That seems really weird. I don't know. I would do the same thing. I would just avoid. Yeah, I would do what I often do when I don't. I, I just pull out my cell phone and pretend I'm on a call. Oh, see? That's the best advice. And I get it that that's not 
well, it is sustainable, but it's really obnoxious to have to, like, be the guy who seems to always be on his phone when he's going from his car to his house. And it doesn't really answer the, hey, I'm outside enjoying my open space. I don't, this is just like an age-old problem. There's sadly not really a solution for it, uh, other than to be enough of a dick that that guy never wants to talk to you again. Yeah, and he's probably, it sounds like he's nice and he's harmless and he's probably really lonely. Right. But also you don't have time to stand out and talk about Chrome or whatever it is right. that he's talking about. Um, it is worth noting, though, that if he's a little crazy... Um, this just came up on another podcast and I'm going to blatantly steal it, but it, they actually took it from an old Dane Cook sketch from like over a decade ago. I think Dane Cook talks about always giving the weird guy in his office a candy bar mm-hmm. because when that guy goes postal and decides to shoot up the office and is kicking in doors to each office and blowing people away, he's going to kick in your door and be like, thanks for the candy. And then just walk away. <laughs> like, Maybe you want this guy to think you like him. <laughs> right. Yeah, I have a thing where, well, I for eight years I didn't have any employee or fellow coworkers. Um, but now I've, I've created a, a policy of you get to know the people at my work. We have warehouse. I'm in with all the warehouse people. The people that do my expense reports pay them out and IT people. Yep. I'm in with all the, I bring them treats. And you know what? I always, if something goes wrong with my computer or tech issue, they come to me. I don't have to do any of the bullshit troubleshooting over the phone. They come to me and fix it, and it's fixed within five minutes. Absolutely. And it cost me nothing. Well, I mean, except for, like, what a cupcake was. Right. But. <laughs> well, that's just the that's just the right thing to do, too. Like, be friendly with people, and then they'll be good to you. Like, be excellent to each other. That's right. that's all that is. That's that's Bill and Ted logic right there. Um, and in fact, I almost posted that. Uh, you wrote a little note to the Stens page mm-hmm. this week. Yes, about I did. Just I did. encouraging everyone to follow some simple rules about being nice to one another. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's all we have to do in this world is just be good to each other. Right. And it pays off. I mean, this is just like giving chocolates to the flight attendants. Exactly. Um, I do that with my vendors a lot. Like I work alone, but I work with professional musicians and I work with a lot of outside vendors who do a lot for me in crunch times, like logistics people and people who literally move things for me. And um, I'm always quick to have a compliment or a tip if it's appropriate, or like sometimes I'll slip a six pack of beer to my movers after they're done after a really busy week. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, cause when I'm in a grind uh, or I'm stuck somewhere, I know they're going to come bail me out. Uh, maybe on top of some other people because we get along really well and we help mm-hmm. each other. So I like it. Be good to people. And, you know, if that doesn't work, pretend you're on your phone all the time, Christopher. <laughs> I know you didn't ask us, but. Yes. Uh, what... That's our advice. <laughs> Wednesday, 1924. Woohoo deals. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love Susie so much. <laughs> um. We get an adorable voicemail from a listener's daughter named Annabelle talking about how she's yes. going to be at the picnic, right? Yes. With her fluffy-ass dog, Ranger. <laughs> I love that so much. I need to meet Ranger. Annabelle and parents, whoever's listening, and Ranger, if you're listening, please come find us on Wednesday. Yes, please. We want to pet your fluffy-ass dog. Mm-hmm. Not your dog's ass, but your fluffy-ass dog. Right, right. Thank you for clarifying. Um, we get a sharpshoot on 
coffee. It's not chicory. It's something else, whatever. Um, <laughs> Andrew brings up the previous conversations in this vein, Bud Light, Chipotle, Zinger Town, which we don't get back on the show until Friday, but <laughs> Andrew's love of Chipotle, even though it's not a real burrito. Um, and I think this sparked the conversation about, or no, actually it happened before, but at the end of this episode, we get an email about black coffee. Luke wants to start drinking black coffee and he's looking for advice on how to do so. Um, Christy, if you had to guess what my advice would be on how to drink black coffee, what would it be? Um, and I'll put you on the spot here. I don't know because you throw me for a loop by not liking sugary things. Yeah. So I'm a black coffee drinker. always have been. And my advice to Luke is to not be a pussy. <laughs> okay, just, I wouldn't have thought just that. fucking drink it like i my advice would be do it iced because i just feel that it goes down quicker and i think that it has a different slash better flavor iced but that's me i i only like cold drinks right i'm the opposite i drink hot coffee 12 months out of the year um, yeah. and because i get it black what i usually do is i go in and i ask for a black coffee um with a little bit of ice in it just to cool it off because mm-hmm. coffee is usually kept at, you know, 200 degrees because most people are putting 18 creamers and 30 sugars in it. Um, which I think this came up on that episode too. A regular coffee by definition is different in different places. <laughs> a regular coffee in new England mm-hmm. is a coffee with a cream and a sugar. I think that's all East coast, right? Yeah. That doesn't surprise me because it wasn't even like that when back in Western New York, but Boston is the home of Dunkin' Donuts. And I think the vernacular has been defined by them. Oh, interesting. And okay. so if you go to any drive through coffee type donut place, a regular, you're going to end up with a cream and sugar in your coffee. And it took me like several months to stop ordering regular coffees and then having to spit them out and go get another coffee. <laughs> so you have to order it black, right? I have, to, I have to order it black. And sometimes I even have to say, like, I'll say I need a black coffee. And they'll say, okay, oh, do you want any sugar? Right, because it doesn't change the color of the coffee. So I'll have to be really explicit. Like, hi, can I get a black, hot coffee, no cream, no sugar, a little bit of ice? I sound like an asshole by the time I'm done. I know. And it's funny because it's like the most low-maintenance drink you can order. But you, because of where you live, you have to put on a bunch of qualifiers. And then you're back to coffee douche. Right. Just pour it in the cup and go away. Now, yeah. uh, Andrew and I order the same way. If I'm somewhere that does espresso, I order an Americano for a couple of reasons. One, it's fresher. And two, you don't go Stronger. through any of that. Like people know if you order an Americano, it's just in the cup. Yeah. And it's stronger. Right. Um, Luke's car was broken into. <laughs> Luke's car was unlocked. Not much was taken. Uh, not even the car keys. Or a checkbook <laughs> that were both in the car. Um, yeah. My dad would always say he would leave his car unlocked. And he said, it's more it's more of a hassle to get your window replaced than it is, you know, than it is for whatever items are inside. And just don't keep valuables in your car. Right. Um, I think it's because I don't drive a particularly nice car. I drive a, a standard issue Toyota Yaris. Now with a new clutch this week. Um, uh, but, like, you can't even put an aftermarket stereo in my car, at least not without major <laughs> modifications, because it's sort of built into the panel. Oh, okay. Um, 
And I just, I remember as a kid, you would go get like a nice stereo. And if you had a really nice one, you would have like a removable front plate so that it wouldn't look super nice. Like you could take right. the plate off and put it away or take it with you. Um, are, are we beyond the days of people stealing car stereos or do I just not have a nice enough car where it matters? I don't know. I don't know this. I mean, I would, I would like to believe that, but I mean, I guess we could just, you could just go shopping in a pawn shop and see right. what they have there. And they're just a bunch of wires coming out of the back of random car stereos on the <laughs> shelf. Cause I remember as a kid, I remember seeing people do this and go through all of this, but I've never owned a car where I felt like I had the time and the money and the top thing I wanted to do was put in a better stereo. Right. Um, do you remember before, because you could, I had a stereo where you took the faceplate off and you just popped it off. Right. But do you remember the type where you pulled out the whole deck and you carried it with you? <laughs> yeah. It's like seeing like, bikers who take their front wheel off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I get it. Like, you don't want someone to fuck with your stuff, but you reach a point where it's just impractical. Right. Um. I refuse to accept Luke's argument that it was better to leave his car unlocked. I'm glad he didn't get his window smashed this time, but like, really, I, I'm just skeptical. I'm, I'm negative about human nature, I guess. It just seems too risky to me. But if you don't, I mean, they only got about $2 and change. Well, that's because so, they were terrible criminals. Like there was so much more to be taken. But if, if they would have, say, say they even would have gotten the checkbook that was for an account that didn't exist anymore. Um, he he didn't have to do any of the... He didn't have to go get a new side window and d deal with insurance or whatever. I, I'm with him. Because the car that he's driving is the older car. That's true. It's not their brand new That's you know, true. Audi or whatever. That's true. It's the forerunner. I just... I don't know. But not much was taken. Good for him. Um, then we do Dreamcatcher. Which is the real yeah. reason Mike's not on the show this week. <laughs> He's decided to ban any recap show <laughs> where Dreamcatcher is in it. I I don't remember which one of them said it, but one of them said, quote, some people hate it. Other people just don't like it. <laughs> I think that was Andrew. And that is my favorite quote of the week because it's true. Yep. <laughs> And yet, that should be just the tagline for it. People keep writing about their dreams, and so there are dreams to share, but I can't remember them. <laughs> Can you? I know. I never yeah. remember them. Um, I think they're, they were in it at some. No, I'm not even going to try. No, I, I think try. you're right. I don't remember any of the details, but all TBTL dreams have become dreams about people from TBTL. So, you know, it's not even just sharing random dreams anymore, it's dreams with Luke and Andrew. Uh, Susie's woohoo food. <laughs> Our episode title. I don't know which grocery store is it. Do you know? It's called Grocery Outlet. <laughs> how do you mark down something? It's something that's an outlet. Right. Well, and how this grocery outlet works is we should actually take you to one. Um, it's for food that is probably. I mean, it's not bad. It hasn't expired. But it's close to its ex expiration date, maybe a week away. Or, I mean, this is one step before you start doing freaking stuff and jumping in dumpsters. Um, or it's, hey, this chip is going to change its packaging. So they sell it at cheap wholesale cost to the grocery outlet and then we get to 
by the by it. but there's also really weird stuff in there because it will be one-off stuff that companies tried and it just didn't go right right so i would never buy produce or meat or all of the things that go into a Susie burbank dinner right i would probably just you would just want to get stuff that's you know yeah. not perishable <laughs> actually i love stores like this there's a place right near us called the little bit of everything store and it's the same kind of place there's a lot of just like end of end of run foods and things Mm -hmm. they also have a lot of general merchandise and clothes and so that's fine whatever the food has always freaked me out though yeah and it let's just you know pragmatically speaking if you go there and you like something you're sol because they're never going to have it again it's at the end of its run Well, and that's the thing is if there is something that you know you like or you think you're going to like it, you just have to load up. Right. You have to buy it out. <laughs> um, the Little Bit of Everything store, the favorite thing I ever saw there, um, they had some cereal that didn't have boxes and somebody just written on the bag that comes inside the box, <laughs> Frosted Flakes, $1 in Sharpie. <laughs> Now, is that a place where you can go and say, I'll give you 50 cents for this? I think so, probably. Like, can Susie Susie it up at this store? I think you could say, hey, it looks like all that milk's going to die tomorrow. Right. Um, So I I have a weirdness about haggling where I can't do it for myself, but I will do it all day for anybody else. And that's probably something I need to talk to a therapist about. But um, it, it... I just the anxiety of I wouldn't be able to do that. But if um, I was there with Jeremy or, you know, a friend and they said, yeah, I I want this, but it's a little too expensive. I would definitely march up and say, hey, she wants this for this much. Right. And I would walk away with a, you know, a gross of bags of Frosted Flakes. (laughs) Allegedly Frosted Flakes. I mean, you don't have any packaging. You don't know. Um, our top story from Wednesday, uh, was the Tinder Twitter dust up with Vanity Fair, uh, mm-hmm. with Tinder taking shots at the Vanity Fair story about, uh, about these social media hookup apps. And, uh, Luke and Andrew basically decide that the Tinder handled it really well. They did a really good job getting a lot of like great points out and drawing a lot of mostly positive attention to themselves and, you know, they took something that could have been not great for them and handled it really well from a PR aspect, which is great because, of course, we find out later that it's all a hoax. Right. <laughs> which was not addressed on the show. But I think, generally speaking, anything this sensational on the Internet is at least pre-planned in some fashion. And so, of course, it was. And that's all I could think the entire time they talked about it. Yeah, I knew it was. So Jeremy put it on my radar. He's like, have you heard of this? And the whole time I'm like, well, this has to be. A publicity stunt only because it was such an overreaction from Tinder. Right. It's a dating app where you can see where the people are located within your vicinity. And it's it's made for that. Right. It was actually fashioned after a um, an app made for gay people only called Grindr. And there was so... And um, this hookup app and... People would always say, oh, well, we, street people need this app, too. And 
So that's why it was formed. Right. I never Let's thought... Let's keep that straight. I, I've never used Tinder because it's right up there with the emoji that I just can't wrap my brain around, but... Well, also you're married, so... Well, right. I, I mean, right. that doesn't stop people on Tinder. <laughs> if you want to hear a good episode, Nerd Out Loud, we talk about to two, two women that are currently doing Tinder, and there are a lot of married people on Tinder... We need to get that in the show notes. It's actually a great episode of Nerd Out Loud. Uh, what is it? Tinder is the night? I think so. Something like that. Um, yeah, I loved that episode of your show. And yeah, well, again, yeah, Tinder, I don't remember when it came out, but I think, yeah, it was after I was out of the dating pool. But I just always assumed it was a hookup app, like not a not a serious relationship looking for marriage app because I don't feel like being presented with a picture of someone and then being presented with the question, would you, won't you right. is really the first step to finding someone you want to marry. Yeah. Well, and I've known people that have met their now partners or wives or whatever on there. And the advice is get it out of Tinder as soon as possible. Right. You say, Hey, I like you. I like you too. Let's chat a little bit. Okay. You're not crazy. You're not a stalker. Let's, take this to text and meet in person right away. Yep. I like it. I think that area restaurants, there should be a Tinder for food where you just post pictures of your different, most popular menu items. And then if you're hungry, you just open up the app and you just swipe left until you find a food that looks really great. And then you swipe right. And then it just takes you to Grubhub. Oh, we'll call Do it. Do we know anyone that makes apps? We'll call it pastrami. We'll just take out a vowel somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just thinking of grinder. That's my first instinct when I hear grinder is a great sandwich. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shows you how naive I am. Uh, yep. Hold on. I got to make this a uh, food Tinder app. I say this is someone who uses Grubhub in the office a lot when I work late and the options okay. are not good around my office. And I never know what these restaurants are because I've never been to any of them. And the food sounds good. But I had a terrible experience a couple of weeks ago with just the worst Mexican food. Oh, no. We all, um, I've never used Grubhub because there's probably about three restaurants that would work around here. And I'd rather just go get it instead of paying the, right. paying the fee or whatever. Um, there were other stories on Wednesday. They weren't as good as those. Um, the email... For the day was just a heads up that Big League Chew was invented as sort of a substitute for chewing tobacco, not as a gateway drug to chewing tobacco. <laughs> um, I I love the occasional packet of Big League Chew. It reminds me of childhood. Um, and I'll buy one maybe once a year for that reason. But that's it. Um, I had a whole lot of notes. I thought there's there was another thing that was out about the same time Big League Chew came out. That was shredded beef jerky in the same round container uh, that chewing tobacco came in. Did you ever have this? I remember it. I don't remember if I ever actually had it or not. And that's way more of a gateway. I mean, it looked like it. They had kind of a smoky flavored one. <laughs> right. And people would put it, you know, in their in their gums the same way or in their lip. And I think that that's probably more of a either gateway or weaning off of situation than big league chew right um well uh oh and luke did a quick promo for the for the documentary battered bastards of baseball which i still haven't watched but he's not the only person i've heard rave about it so 
you know, next time I've got a couple hours and nothing better to do, I'll try to fire that up. Uh, Thursday takes us to 1925. Glenn Glyer or Glunatic. <laughs> Another late-breaking title. Uh, this is the episode wherein Luke actually uses the phrase borderline homeless. Yes. Uh, and Andrew goes to a diner for breakfast. Um, I didn't write a lot of notes for this show, but that's because I didn't need to. I think the real story here was Luke going full mummy on the meteor shower. <laughs> that was the best comment that she's ever made. <laughs> I just can't. Um, it's times like this that I, I remember Luke doesn't have a real job or live in the real constraints of normal life. Right. Like I know because we went out to, to watch the shower, the meteor shower um, and drove really far and got home at two thirty in the morning. And that's kind of the height of it is that the big start of it was at about 2 AM, but we had work the next day. <laughs> we had to get back and right. not just work, but driving home an hour and a half to get back. So, yeah, I mean, I, we would have loved that. I even said after hearing Luke's experience, I mean, probably minus the, the snickerdoodle part, <laughs> but, um, that I, next year I would like to take the day off the next day to do it. Cause it's so fun and great. And I love it. Yeah. None of that happened out here. I don't even know if it was visible from out here the same way it was out there. Um, I need someone to really curate that experience for me or else it won't happen for me. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of it, but I just am so out of the loop on that kind of news. If only there was somewhere where I could get consistent space news. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This was interesting (laughs) to me because uh, I was recently out in Seattle, but also out in Denver and I also had my first weed cookie, and it was also a snickerdoodle <laughs> Interesting. Cookie. How did that taste? Um, the snickerdoodle cookie was okay. Um, there have been some varied reports on how this all went down, so I want to clarify for everyone. Um, I was in Denver with Sam. She was there for a conference, and she was sort of resting for the afternoon because she'd had a really busy couple of days. And so I went to a dispensary just to check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very similar to what Luke described, actually. It was very formal. They took my ID. They let me upstairs. I go into this room, and it's just jars and jars of weed and all the edibles. And it's very clean and professional. I really appreciated that. Um, as listeners know, and Takedown podcast listeners will know from my, my spots on there, uh, I've never smoked the jazz cigarette before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um It never really interested me in college, and then I got out, and I sort of aged out of the time when everybody wants to smoke you up all the time. Um, (laughs) I had some secondhand contact with it. I mean, I lived with a stoner in college for a while. I was around it. It didn't phase me. I didn't care. Um, I just always preferred a glass of whiskey. You know, give me a nice bourbon and a cheese plate over some weed and Doritos. So uh, we were there, and it was legal, and I just wanted to do it on principle. And so I got a couple of cookies and went back to the hotel room and I was in the bathroom because Sam was uh, laying down and there were only so many rooms. And I opened up a peanut butter cookie first. It was about the size of a silver dollar. And I went to take a bite out of it and it just crumbled into my hands. Like it was awful. It tasted like eating powder. Um, I couldn't swallow it. Like it was just a really bad cookie. 
And like, Aww. I'm a fat guy. I want the cookie to be good too. Right. Right. I understand. The whole experience. It's just a delivery method. Um, and it came in like a, like a sealed pouch, like a large condom is what it looked like. <laughs> okay. So I rip it open. I eat this. I try to eat this peanut butter cookie. I eat like a little bit of it. And the rest crumbles into my hands and makes this giant mess in my hands. And so I just turn over to the toilet because it's the lids up and I just sort of like shake my hands off into it. And that's the part where when Sam tells this story to her friends now, she makes me sound like a loser because she's like, he flushed the cookie. And I'm like, it wasn't because I wanted to. It was like I had this mess and I didn't know where to put it. (laughs) But I purchased two and she had no interest in joining me. So. I had this other one. It was the snickerdoodle cookie. I crack it open. It was softer. It was actually a lot more like a real snickerdoodle cookie. And I ate it. And nothing happened for hours and hours. And I've been told by everyone, sometimes your first tie isn't much of a high. You should take it easy. Um, It was actually more than they said I should have eaten the first time. People said I should have eaten half of it. Um, We went out to dinner. Um, I had a couple of drinks later because I was bored. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. kicking in. Um, Sam says I was a little loopier than normal, but I think I was really willing that to happen. Like I wanted to be loopier. Okay. Um, I just didn't, I don't know. This is what you kids are all obsessed about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like you had not a good, I mean, not a bad experience, but just not a good one. So around here, the, and I, I, Denver did it completely different. So I, I can't speak to that, but around here, what, they did is the dispensaries charge a lot of money because it's regulated and taxed, which I'm totally for tax it, take the money, get the deficit deficit down. Right. I'm all for that. Um, but the medical places are still very inexpensive and you can get stronger things and more edibles or whatever. And, um, so people are still going through those and getting their license or their medical, whatever you have to do to go into one of those places. And there it's even more, you have to show your card to get in and you can't go with someone. So I have a friend that has a card and, um, she tells me all about it, but I can't even go with her. Right. I'm not interested. I can't ever, I've tried it once. I couldn't do it. I was hallucinating and I said, I'm never doing this again. I thought I was dying. So I'm not, I'm not into it. Right. <laughs> um, um, but well, I mean, we're, yes. it's 2015 and we're all level-headed adults. I think most of us will all agree, right? It should just be legal and organized yes. and, and taxed, taxed right? That's right. That's yeah. the Venn diagram between big government and people who love hacky sack. Right. Right. <laughs> Right. I mean, I've heard things of if California made it legal and just taxed it at whatever percent that they would be out of debt as a state within a couple months. Do that. Right. And the drought would be uh, immediately fixed because everyone will be drinking Mountain Dew instead of water. (laughs) Right. So Luke drives east. He gets in the forerunner. He's just driving until he can see the sky. He ends up in this parking lot, uh, which we later find out is the parking lot for a ski lift. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Makeout Point, you know, whatever yeah, your I, community's I Makeout Point is. We didn't, I was jealous we didn't think of going the way, the way he went. Right. <laughs> um, and so he climbed out on top of the Forerunner with some pads he swiped from one of his many boats. He ate his weed cookie, 
he put in his earbuds, he listened to some War Against Drugs, ironically, and just watched the sky until like four in the morning or something. Um, and then I, I didn't realize they were filming a sequel to Garden State, but apparently they were. Okay. That's all I think when I think of that kind of scene. Like, this is some emo movie. Right. <laughs> it totally was out of a movie, right? Him laying, I could just see him like laying on the hood or the roof. Right. Contemplating life as he ate the snickerdoodle. Of course, that's like. Or as it fell apart in his hand right. and he had to lick it off the roof. <laughs> uh, and then he crawled into the Forerunner and went to sleep. Hopefully, he locked the doors or at least he wrapped the strap of the Forerunner around his legs so no one could steal it from him. <laughs> Sorry. That was, that was a stretch. But basically, Luke had like a perfect loner, deep experience night. Uh, then we went into a top story about the terrible, awful Tom Brady courtroom sketch. I don't think there's anything to say about it. Just go look it up if you haven't already, because it's horrible. <laughs> I think that she, the it was a woman, right? The Jarrett? Yes, women can be courtroom. The artist artists. was a woman. Um, I think. That she really captured his soul <laughs> and the true Tom Brady. So I don't, I don't falter at all. That's what he looks like to her. He looks like a zombie in a suit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's his soul. That's his heart was right there. So go look it up. Um, mm-hmm. They also talked about car sickness not being for the reason we all thought it was. Still sounds terrible. You get in a car, you get sick. I didn't see a reason to break it down. <laughs> uh, I don't Take get some car sick, name. thankfully. Um, then they got into a deep dive uh, on Christianity, actually, and they sort of reflected on the differences between Luke's evangelical, uh, off the deep end Christian childhood and Andrew's Catholic light, Catholic upbringing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, and Luke was telling of how in school they would actually give them tips on how to corner an evolutionist with flawed logic to try <sighs> to prove them wrong. I was getting so angry at this, but angry at what he had to go through and the fact that people actually believe this. And, you know, instantly when I meet someone that I think is intelligent or really like them and they believe in this certain type of Christianity... I get bummed out. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I get bummed out that this is, that yes, they use the Bible to prove the Bible. Right. That's not scientifically logic. Um, it was nice hearing them have that kind of conversation though. I mean, it's not often that things get kind of heavy like that. Uh, and maybe that was just Luke in the afterglow of his experience. But, um, you know, they had a thoughtful conversation about it mm-hmm. and, um, there were no answers and there was no resolution and that's fine with that kind of conversation, but it was just nice hearing them, you know, um, in an entire episode with no poop references, but a serious religion conversation. Yeah. And, um, I really appreciated how Luke said, okay, well it was Andrew said, I don't want to, um, offend any of our Christian listeners. And Luke said, we don't, we probably don't have any. And Andrew said, um, the, we, most of our listeners live in America which is a Christian nation. And then Luke says, I apologize because my form of Christianity that's still ingrained in me doesn't believe that any of this is Christian. Right. And 
I have come up uh, against that where someone, when, um, I won't name any names, but when someone asked me my um, experience with religion or where I stood on the whole Jesus thing, and I said that I was baptized Catholic and went to Catholic church through high school, they said, well, that's not really Christian. And I just wanted to say, literally the first Christians. <laughs> if it weren't for Catholics, there would be no Christianity. So it just it just really upsets me when um it's a that's you and it's not valid. Right. Your way of, of doing religion is not valid. I mean we don't need to get into a religious thing, but I just think it's interesting that I had never heard of this kind of thing until recently, last couple of years. Um Jeremy and you and I have batted around the idea of an episode of Dirt Out Loud where we take a dive on this because I grew up in the Episcopal Church, which is which is Catholic light. It's an Anglican religion. It's a it's a political split off the Church of England. And so we believe and are structured a lot like the Catholic Church, but it's not so um, divisive or hate-filled <laughs> against people who aren't white men. Um, but I always considered myself a Christian. And then not until college did I realize, because I was relatively insulated in a relatively affluent suburb. I wasn't affluent. I was an outlier, but... Um, you know, I went to the Episcopal church with a bunch of other Episcopalians. I never paid much attention to like the TV preachers and things. And so I never really realized just how big the evangelical movement was until I got into a more diverse community and realized that it's everywhere and that, right. I was a Christian, but not to them. Right. And it's weird, right? I always thought the Christian was sort of an umbrella term for all of the Christ filled religions. And I think that that's what we're taught when you're Catholic or Episcopalian or any of those other, you know, Protestant or Anglican religions. Um, and then you realize there's a whole lot of people out there who don't believe that you matter in that way. Right. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for a future talk where the three of us go deep on that because yeah. Jeremy brings a lot to the table on that. And on Nerd Out Loud, he's allowed to have a microphone. <laughs> um, Thursday's episode ends... Not ends, but near the end with a voicemail from Stubot. We're glad to hear that Stu is still alive, um, though it sounds like he's fallen on harder times. Uh, first of all, his wife has kicked him right, out. His wife's kicked him out. He's got a roommate named Glenn, who doesn't <laughs> sound like he's a particularly good roommate. Uh, and uh, he has switched from the smooth, bold flavor of Marb Reds to Parliaments, which it's been a while. And by a while, I mean ever. I've never priced cigarettes against one another, so I don't know what the difference is in Marlboros versus versus Parliaments. I know they're both owned by Philip Morris. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, most of them are. Um, uh, but every time I hear Parliaments, I think about P-Funk and the P-Funk All-Stars. So <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Uh I think the short is glad to hear from Stu. Hopefully he keeps calling in and hopefully he lands on his feet oh, soon. So great. Glad to hear that the hashtag hire Stu is actually trending just a little yeah, if bit. My, if my Twitter wasn't um, on lockdown right now, I would definitely do all of my tweets with hashtag hire Stu. That's right. Just like I'm putting all of my random asides to hashtag TBTL dreams. Right. <laughs> just to pollute the pool. I like it. Uh, you are literally pooping in the in the um, punch bowl of TBTL dreams. Definitely not literally. 
Oh my God. Someone should bring a punch bowl to the picnic. Um, yes. I don't know what letter of the alphabet you have to end with to bring a punch bowl. I guess if you have a tilde or some sort of umlaut starting your last name, you can bring a punch bowl. <laughs> to Friday, 1926, greased up and ready to party. Luke is in Bellingham and sad that he can't go to the water park because it's gloomy out. But at least he has been relieved of any stress related to being shirtless at the water park. Yeah, this was, this was great. Um, but it wasn't just gloomy out. We had we never get lightning. It's very rare. So we had lightning, thunder. I mean, there was a, not Friday, but Thursday late afternoon, the Chipotle by my work, um, the thunder was so bad it shook their window and it broke. Like there's... That's crazy. It is crazy. So we never get stuff like that. So people are running into the streets and taking video of the lightning and thunder. Um, so you can't go to a water park when it's lightning. Right. Oh, I've been to water parks when the lightning starts up and it's the worst day ever because there's just a bunch of like thousands of cold, wet people in their bathing suits just standing around under a shelter. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty much the most depressing thing ever. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, at least, you know, the shirtless thing. And that comes back around in this episode. It's sort of a theme that comes back around. Um, before we get too far into this, I do want to mention Carrie uh, finding out that Luke ate a weed snickerdoodle cookie because of the Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much I have to say about this. He should. I don't know. I want you to talk about it because you have a wife. So <laughs> I do. I, I, can't. I have a wife I love very much. Um, it's it's funny because on one hand, I want the weed cookie to be like going out for a couple of beers. Like, who cares if you went out for a couple mm-hmm. of beers, right? So, whatever. But weed's clearly not in that place yet. Right. And... Even he said he didn't get in trouble with Gary for eating a weed cookie. He got in trouble with Gary for doing it, not telling her, then telling thousands of listeners on his podcast. Right. And then her finding out on Facebook. Right. It's like that. He, it's like he intentionally snuck around with the weed right. cookie. Yes. <laughs> and he should have known better. I mean, for as much as he does share on the show... I'm sure there are things that he actively does not share on the show and he could have just not mentioned it, but he did. And that was his own fault. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You need to tell her stuff like there has, isn't there some kind of emoji he could have done? (laughs) Yeah. How come there's not a pot cookie emoji yet? Yes. Again. Right. They're just give us tacos. Give us a puking face. I mean, there's like 45 different love ones with the eyes of his heart. So I'm never going to use that one. Okay. I want one where the face (laughs) looks like it's puking. Uh, That says a lot about me, I guess. It's also a great (laughs) reminder that Carrie is totally all over the Stens page, even though she doesn't post. Right. You know, she's reading it, just making sure that he's not doing something stupid. So keep that in mind and remember my rules that I said, use your listening be nice and have fun. That's right. It's Roadhouse, but <laughs> on Facebook. But for toddlers. <laughs> I mean, I did want to add at the end of my little 
this is these are the rules we have in my house and let's keep this do it and be better than fucking toddlers you're adults but i wanted to keep it nice my number one rule so right <laughs> um the big news from friday's show is that andrew's going to a, a gathering this weekend or went to a gathering this weekend uh in a karaoke room uh but the, his concern is that it starts early. It starts at like nine o'clock and that's the first thing of the night that everybody's doing. So rather than being out drinking somewhere and then making the decision to go to a second location drunk and start doing karaoke, they're going to start doing karaoke like after dinner. Yeah. And have you been to one of these places where you're just in a room? You rent a room with just your friends? No, I'm not. It sounds like a banquet hall at the airport Hilton, though, with like a projector screen. Well, it's a little bit classier. Um, you get separate rooms and um, the one around here is, is pretty fancy. Here's my thing. Drunk at the Mandarin Gate or wherever, any of these bars, is less stress. I think when you're in a room with just your friends and you sound terrible, they're judging you because they're your friends and they know. Right. And they're going to keep that in their minds. If you're just at a random bar and you sound terrible, people are helping to sing along, which might help, which might also happen in there. I don't know. Well, I think Luke had it right. I mean, the answer is to just start drinking heavily early. And that's, that's unfortunate. I hate forced drinking, but like, that's what karaoke that's the right environment for karaoke. Like it should almost start with an hour of intentional, not karaoke, like just let them DJ or something while everybody eases into it and then start the karaoke. It seems really weird to, uh, to just take it out of nowhere. I mean, that's why a lot of the great karaoke shows also start late. You know, right, you, you right. start somewhere at like 11 Gotta o'clock. Get lubed up. Right. You want to get through happy hour and get through the next few rounds and then happy hour, uh, Karaoke needs to start right around the time someone thinks it's a good idea. Exactly. <laughs> and no earlier. Um, Friday was chock full of stuff, actually. Uh, Luke, his new zen is uh, a YouTube video of a box fan. <laughs> um, I, I have this. Is this part of transcendental? meditation this might be part of the not wanting to pay for transcendental med- right. <laughs> meditation <laughs> okay then i'm all in all right. i take back my laugh that i was trying to hold in not very well um i just remember this is so random and i don't even know if it's right but i remember a moment of an episode of the cartoon the critic where they're talking yes. about their terrible ratings and they're being beaten out by a tv channel that's just a 24-hour camera pointed at a washing machine <laughs> <laughs> And that's that's the equivalent oh of a YouTube video, an eight-hour-long YouTube video of a box fan. Yeah, I'd like to know what that is, and I'd like to watch it. I mean, just to see how many hits it has. I don't actually want to watch what it. What you don't know don't... is that seven hours in, there's a cat roll. <gasps> you need to make that happen. <laughs> but So I, I'm not into it because I don't have the problem of needing to sleep with white noise, but I could see where that would be very appealing yeah and all because that's it i see the appeal we run an actual box fan in our bedroom um i would rather have the fan right because you get the cold air <clears throat> right there's a little circulation there i i guess some people only want the noise i don't know but there's a trick to that too if you only want the noise point it the other way 
Um, <laughs> we get back around to the shirtless at the water park talk, and Luke shares a tip for anyone who's not feeling secure without a shirt on, and that is to just be tan because you like to be tan. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree with this. I've off. I've for a long time I've had the motto: tan chub is better than white chub. Yep, absolutely. And I've been working on it. Um, I probably won't be shirtless at the picnic on Wednesday unless something goes horribly wrong. <laughs> or right. Or right. Or a blessing. <laughs> hey, it's a party. I'm not one to judge. <laughs> but uh, If you, you know. go shirtless, I'll give you an extra bag of all dress chips. <laughs> That's right. Swing by the LRB setup because we will have Ruffles all dress potato chips. Bobby, stop advertising that. I brought... <laughs> Enough. We'll be okay. Um, yeah, uh, one each, everyone, because I'm bringing as many as I can fit in a suitcase. Um, <laughs> the top story on Friday was uh, President Obama's Spotify playlists, um, and the guys think that these playlists might be a little too well curated, uh, maybe a little too PC. Did you have a chance to flip through the list? I did. I did. I think I think he listens to those songs. Yeah. There was something when he was running where they asked what was in his iTunes, like his most played. And he had a combination of all of that type of music and Jay-Z. I remember that was a big thing. Right. Um, so I, I think I think he listens to music. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, I, I appreciated the variety on his playlist. And I'm sure some of it, they're right. I mean, he's surrounded by really young staffers, and that probably helps him with his tastes. But... Once in a while, we just have to remember that Obama's kind of cool. He's cool and he has teenage daughters. Right. That's a good point, too. So he's probably plugged into that, you know, through them. Um, I wasn't surprised at all. Like, I enjoyed the diversity of the lists. And, like, of course he tried to curate a wide playlist. Because this isn't, like, what is he listening to alone during the day? He specifically said, oh, here's a list that I would do for everyone. You know, if you're writing Mm -hmm. a party playlist... You're not going to just turn on your iTunes. Uh, you're going right. to curate it a little bit. I think that's just all he did. I don't know how he had time to do it. That part was the part that surprised me. But I guess nowadays he might as well. I mean, because he's not doing anything except running the country into the ground. <laughs> he's not my president. <laughs> <laughs> don't blame me. No, Obama. <laughs> Clearly, you didn't read my bumper stickers enough during the last campaign. <laughs> uh, there was a mention of the anthemic folk music of 2012 or so with the Lumineers and, and bands of that ilk. Um, I will mention, this has come up before, the Song of the Summer playlist from 2012, I think, is still one of the best. I know it's on the TBTL wiki page, um, mm-hmm. and we'll, we can find links and get that to the to the LRB Facebook page and all those other good places. Um, I still play a lot of the music from that year in particular, and I really liked it. I've got the whole thing in a playlist in my iTunes. I think there's a Spotify. Yeah, there's a Spotify from several of the recent years, so you can search for Mm -hmm. it there too. Um, I also like that Andrew just started putting a Miles Davis music bed under the conversation. Uh, flamenco sketches he started playing and then just sort of drifting into other things um, as someone who did study music theory in college for a couple of years it makes me happy when good music makes an appearance 
but I won't get all snobby about it. Yeah. <laughs> Email time. Phyllis, it's a Phyllis Friday. Phyllis Fletcher comes on. Uh, and we tackle um, a couple of different things. <laughs> but before that, uh, Phyllis just sort of encourages Luke to stop giving the caveat that he's repeating a story. Um. Yep. Yep. Which I think is fine because he, she's exactly right. If you've been listening for any amount of time, you know he's repeating a story because <laughs> he only has eight <laughs> stories and that's okay. Well, also, I I have – that annoys me in a conversation when you're having um, – like if I were telling you a story and I would say, oh, I was just talking to my friend at work about this. Well, I don't know that person. Just tell me the story. Right. Cut out the commentary of who you've also told it to. Right. And just and just tell the story. Imagine how much airtime TBTL would have saved through the years if Luke didn't explain that he's told the story before every time. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like if, you know, because we filter out different things are if there's big pauses or whatever. If you just filter, if there was a filter that you could suck all of that out of TBTL, it would, each episode would be 30 minutes. <laughs> um, we get an email from Alicia, uh, a fellow boss 10 of mine, actually. Um, and I just want to say what Luke was setting it up and said that it was a boss 10. I assumed it was going to be frustration over shitting over Tom Brady the last couple of weeks. Oh, so you were pleasantly surprised. Yeah, because I just, um, as a as someone who lives in New England but doesn't love the Patriots, in fact, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Buffalo Bills fan and mm-hmm. um, thus sort of hate the Patriots, um, I've been sort of waiting for the Patriot Nation backlash because there are a lot of Pats fans. I think there are two kinds of Pats fans right now. There are Pats fans who just want this all to go away and are keeping their heads in the sand, which I think is the right choice. And mm-hmm. then there are the Pats fans who are just taking every single angle of Goodell is being, he's targeting Tom Brady and this was not fair and everyone does this and on and on and on and on. And, you know, whether or not mm-hmm. you think Tom Brady should be punished, like, please stop being obnoxious about it. Um, but I, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. She was not ready to defend uh ball deflator, Tom Brady. Um, she was actually writing in to ask Luke to stop saying he's homeless when he's clearly not suffering the plight of a homeless person. Yes. Uh, uh, maybe we'll take a minute now and just listen to Phyllis talk with Luke and Andrew about this email. Okay, so we have an email from listener Alicia. And um, and Alicia starts off, Happy Friday, if today is indeed your Friday, parenthetically. It's not. I'm a devoted boss 10 <laughs> And uh, TBTL is an integral part of my uh, daily routine. So I say this with love. This is how you know someone's a regular listener because they know how incredibly (laughs) thin-skinned we are. They very carefully walk up to telling us that there's something we're doing that they're not loving. Uh, uh, Alicia says, um, over the last few weeks, I have found myself wincing many times over one particular thing. You have referred to yourself as homeless or essentially homeless a number of times. And usually not in a sarcastic or joking way. I know what you mean. Technically, you don't currently own or rent a home. However, in using that term, you are not distinguishing yourself from those who are literally homeless in that they have no options, no means to support themselves, and no friends or relatives they can crash with. I work for a nonprofit that works with homeless families. Most of the families we work with are not the stereotype. They aren't homeless because of substance abuse or inertia. They were two-income families where one parent lost their job and then a child got sick. So the family had to choose between paying rent or paying medical bills, um, et cetera, et cetera. I bet there are tens out there who themselves have experienced homelessness 
and they are probably wincing along with me. So how about using different language next time? Thanks for reading and have a great weekend. Signed, Alicia. How dare you, Alicia? (laughs) How dare you say that (laughs) while while I'm (laughs) battling homelessness and trying to host this podcast? Yeah, right. Yeah, I get it. I get. I mean, I personally didn't have that reaction. I also have not experienced homelessness. Um, uh, actually, I should qualify that. As far as I know, I haven't. I, I know that we lived in extreme poverty when I was an infant, so I don't know exactly what happened there. But um, I understand the, the sensitivity, and um, it's it's like uh, there's there was this gal who wrote this book um, in the 90s called The Broke Diaries, and she made a distinction between being broke and being poor um, because she didn't want and she had a whole caveat at the beginning of the book explaining that you know I don't want you to think that because I'm a college student who doesn't have any money at my disposal right now that I think I'm poor I'm specifically writing this from the point of view of someone who has the privilege to be in college and just has zero bucks at her disposal and so is finding all these ways to get by but there's a difference between that and poverty and and I get that, that. is and such kind of, kind a key distinction yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I never, yeah, I, I mean, I was a kid who didn't have a ton of money, but then in college, I also didn't have a ton of money, but I never thought of myself as poor because I knew I would eventually be able to probably make a living. And I also knew I could have gone and made a living at any time. I could have just stopped going to college and then gone and gotten a job, you know, at Kinko's and at least had mm-hmm. some semblance of the ability to like pay my rent. So that's a key distinction. Mm-hmm. Okay. That being yeah. said, when I, when I got Alicia's email, of course, for one second, I was like feeling slightly criticized, uh, mm-hmm. but then it, I think for me, ultimately, this falls in the category of a lot of things, which is, um, okay, you know what? If saying that is something that even has the chance of bumming somebody out, eh, I, there's other ways I can describe the fact that you know we haven't moved into the house we're going to move into yet, you know? Like right. I could, I could try to argue, I could try to Dory Monson it up and be like, it's not, you know, I don't have a home that is mine. Right. I am there for like, you know, I could go into this like right. involved argument as to why it's okay, but it's also just like, who cares? It's not a big deal. And if to the degree that there is a chance it bums somebody out, then uh, I don't, that's something I can give up. You know, it's like white people yep. that want to be able to say the N word. Like, because, right. and they have a whole argument for it. And it's like, but also you could just not, and then that would be, you know, the bummer is you wouldn't be able to say that. And then the upside right. is it would be less hurtful to a lot of people. And just, <laughs> this seems like one of those kind of things. Why do they want to say yeah. it so bad, by the way? That's like, whatever you, like, Vijay and I talk about it all the time. You have like the, you know, the people who are always kind of making that argument. Quote, well, they can say it. Why can't we? Why do you want to? (laughs) What is this sentence you're trying to construct that you can't write around that word? (laughs) How much joy also is that bringing into your average day? You you don't dare give it up. Right. um, Before we got you on, Phyllis, I was on this extended promo for one of these podcasts I've been listening to a lot called the Mental Illness Happy Hour. And um, oh, yeah. they had this guy, Chris Gethard on, as I was saying, and Andrew, he tells this story. What I'm saying is not only directed at Andrew Phyllis. I just mean, because we were just talking about it a minute ago. This Chris <laughs> Gethard guy tells a story of basically hitting a real sort of huge emotional, emotionally problematic patch in his life where he essentially almost committed suicide by just driving his car in such a fashion that when this other car was turning this big truck, he kind of didn't try to avoid it. Mm. And, and this truck crashed into him and 
and he's talking about he thought maybe he was dead. All these people are coming out of their homes, and the guy who's driving the truck jumps out and is like, get out of your car. I'm going to kill you. This guy wanted to fight him. And the dude who oh. owned the house, he'd crashed into the front of uh, like a – he'd basically crashed in the front yard of a house, and the guy who owned the house came out and was like, you know, hey, he's just a kid. Leave him alone. He's just a kid. He kind of stood up for the this kid, Chris Gethard. So the guy who's driving the truck, for some reason, just jumps in his truck and leaves. And now Chris Gethard is there, and he gets out of his car, and he says to the guy – Hey, thank you so much for, you know, I think you really saved me there. And the guy says to him, there's no way I was going to let an N-word kick your ass. Oh, my oh, God. Oh God. And he was just like, <laughs> what do you do with this day? Oh, my God. <laughs> so you tried you know to end super, your life. What's super crazy is I have a story that is so almost like that. Of what happened? Seeing, I was on the corner of 2nd and Bell um, about a decade ago, and... A guy was very, very drunk and fell down and um, hit his, his face on the cement and lost one of his teeth. And I felt so bad for him because um, I, I lost part of one of my teeth as a kid when somebody pushed my head into a cement floor. And oh. I think just like seeing that and having the connection and being like, oh, my God, you know, I, I, um, I called 911. I stayed until paramedics showed up. And he was really messed up, right? Um, and he eventually, you know, they got him upright and they asked him what happened. And he said very drunkenly, black guy came out of nowhere. Oh. And I went nuts. I was like, what? I've been standing here the whole time. I saw him fall down. There was no black guy. Nobody came out of anywhere. He fell. He's drunk. And I started going nuts. And, I mean, EMTs have seen this a million, billion times. Like, they don't need to be told that black guy came out of nowhere as a trope. Right. <laughs> just sitting there, like, hysterical, like, that's ah, not true. It's all lies. And they're like, ma'am. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We think we oh. got what we need here. <laughs> Did you, were you tempted to just like say, I retract the last 30 minutes of my life, sir, when I was trying to help look out for you before I knew you were a racist? I, I just, I felt I was pretty destroyed. Yeah. Well, well, that, <laughs> I, I mean, like you want to say something that's going to somehow like hurt the other person's feelings worse than yours were just hurt. But it's like, well, I can't think of anything that would do that because this guy is beyond, like, yeah. beyond, you know, consciousness. And then, you know, it's just like, what, what's the point? <laughs> but, of yeah, I wanted my 30 minutes back. <laughs> but there's, like, I mean, then there's a larger question, which we certainly don't have the time or probably even the credentials to try to solve here, which is when somebody is an, uh, an unreconstructed racist like that or like the I wasn't yeah. going to let some N-word beat you up, it's obviously yeah. – horrific it's it it makes i think normal people feel uncomfortable and angry and all those things does it render that person who holds those feelings a non-person right i mean he was still entitled to medical care right. you know i had this fear in me though i think where part of where my anger was coming from was not only resentment but it's like i wanted to make sure they're not actually going to go look for a black guy who came <laughs> right, out of nowhere right. you yeah, know that's a, my brother has been real... in that situation before like we all know yeah people who've been in that situation where, you know, they, I mean, if you have a black friend, something like that has happened to them. And I needed to stand up for that imaginary person. And they were like, that, it's not necessary in this case. <laughs> I'm <laughs> still glad you did, though. Here. You can move along. Right. I mean, yeah, I think that I think your fears were well-founded, though, that some person yeah. down the street who did nothing could get picked up for right. being looking like the person that a drunk guy with no teeth had just described. <laughs> Um, could have said could have could have been worse. Could have said homeless guy came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, right. 
That's right, that let's, would have been um, terribly insulting. I didn't even actually follow that joke. Because Alicia was saying don't say yes. home. Oh. It was a callback. It was, it was a callback. It was a bad joke. It was not even in great taste. <laughs> I told you that I'm only an occasional listener to the show. <laughs> right. No, it was often, that's on me. Not a good while joke. it's happening. Not a good um, joke. Oh, but do you, do you? But yes, uh, I think Alicia has a point. A good point, Alicia. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we all agree. Andrew, I'm sure you agree. You're bleeding heart liberal. Uh, you know what? The funny thing is, I don't. I, we should probably move on. But when I first read this email this morning, um, I was kind of like, mm, no. <laughs> like I was. It was a nice email, and I appreciate Lisa uh, Alicia's feedback. And I, I, and I. But I, I kind of thought, oh, that that's interesting. And I thought about it, and I thought, but you know, this is. Um, I, I felt like it was being a little oversensitive uh, from somebody who works in the field, and I can completely understand that. But I was also kind of like, eh, this doesn't seem like one where if we talk about this, I wouldn't tell Luke that he needs to like really kind of bend over backwards to avoid that. Because I think you're saying we're we're kind of semi homeless, and or you didn't even say semi. What, what's the word? Achieve in quotes it um, essentially homeless is what, what you were saying, and so I was like, well, but you know, literally it's true. I don't know. It just didn't kind of get my. But you my know what? Up. But then yeah. re- you rereading it, maybe it was in that um, in 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 that that lush tone of yours. But I don't know mm-hmm. rereading it. It actually put in more relief. I think her bigger point of the email that I think I glossed over at first, which is I think in the world we see. We see like, oh, there's there's all of us and then there's the homeless people. And the homeless people is like the guy who um, plays guitar outside the 7-Eleven around the corner from my house or the guy that um, is pushing the grocery cart. You know, like I see a lot of like that, those kinds of homeless people all the time. And so I think it's easy for us to say there's us and there's them. And I think Alicia's point is actually think about it a little bit, though. There are so many people like so many of us are so close. You could be so close to the brink. It's only a couple of things that could lead us to homelessness. And like this idea of what it means to be homeless is more complicated and you should think about that and so actually just now i guess i am going bleeding hard on it but i wanted to let you know my initial reaction was nah, understood point taken but we'll do our thing but i i think her broader point is actually whatever you decide to say or how you choose what language you choose um i think her broader point is actually interesting i think that i want to avoid a situation where i'm like the equivalent of some entitled white person going like i am starving and then like neck you know like cut to someone who is right. legitimately starving and right. like i think that yeah. i feel so like embarrassed for that person that i don't want to even yeah. even if it if it's the chances are slim i don't want it to be the equivalent of that with it i am homeless right, you know? <laughs> right. so yeah, i might yeah, as well yeah. just steer clear of it yeah. i'm fine with that yeah you, um, you turn me around alicia uh, it's times like this that i remember just how white luke and andrew are <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, and there was kind of a throwaway story that I wish they would have stopped her where she said her head was smashed into the ground and her tooth fell out when she was younger. Why didn't they say, stop the show, tell us that story? Right. Well, they didn't have the sound effect ready. I'm sure that was a lot of it. Oh, that's oh, right. 90%. Yeah, of there were a couple of different stories tucked in here. I mean, there was that. Um, and of course, Phyllis talking about the 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 guy that she saw take the spill that inspired that story mm-hmm. and how he said a black guy came out of nowhere and attacked him. And of course that didn't happen. She saw everything go down and there was no other guy there. Um, and it was just a really stark reminder about the plight, you know, the, the average black person goes through that. I just never even think about as a straight white guy in my late twenties who grew up in sort of upper middle suburbia. Um, she mentioned that, you know, when the things like that happen, everyone who has a black friend knows someone who's been sort of wrongly accused at one point. Right. 
and I don't really know that person. Like, I'm sure I do, and I just don't know those stories, but, like, that's not commonplace in my world, and it's so sad that that's commonplace in so many other people's worlds. Yes. The seriousness of that conversation was only balanced out by her Chris Rock impression earlier in the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, I mean, this. it was nice to hear Andrew's progression from sort of being quick to say, well, whatever, we're going to do it our way to recognition that that's a real thing and a real plight for other people and coming around to sort of Luke's usual thing now, which is like, it doesn't hurt me not to say it, so no problem not saying it. I kind of had the same thought. When I first heard about this email, I thought, yeah, whatever. Uh, and then as they were talking through it, I thought to myself, no, you're you're right. Luke doesn't have to say mm-hmm. he's homeless. Luke is, you know, between permanent residences and will be fine and has plenty of boats to live on. And, you know, it's important to remember people who've got it harder than us. Right. And I kind of had a little twidge every time he would say, like, Ooh. I mean, you have multiple boats and people are, you're holding up in someone's house. Ha- a mansion basically right. <laughs> in, in, in Bellevue and, and then going to a different part. And um, I understand where he's coming from, but also, right. I don't know, but that could be my ultra liberal liberalness of, well, I get, I get upset when people make arguments like, how could you care about football right now when children are dying in this third world country every day? And how could you care about, whatever is going on in your own little world when these great global problems are happening. And there are two things that have nothing to do with one another. Right. Because there's a complete lack of perspective there when people do that. And it's totally not fair. Um, But in this particular instance, Luke's using the word homeless. And then this email, I think uh, was a great moment of perspective for everyone. Like, we don't have to stop the podcast and go out and work at soup kitchens an hour a day instead of listening to TBTL because it's the right thing to do necessarily and because it's so much more important. But it also didn't hurt us to just take a minute and be like, oh, hey, people have it harder than us. Let's keep that perspective in mind. So I appreciated exactly. that. And, I, you, you know, you mentioned Phyllis brought a really good perspective to this conversation. Um, it is one of those moments where I wish, boy, I wish Phyllis was around more often. Yes. Instead of just being an occasional contributor to APM's Too Beautiful to Live. Yeah, exactly. I I wish it would be Phyllis Friday every Friday. I mean, every day, but every Friday consistently. Well, Phyllis... I know she has actual work to do. Right. <laughs> and a family and a job, so I, I don't... Right. Every day is Phyllis Fridays in our hearts. Uh, and in fact, exactly. because of that, we can do a plug. Uh, Fletch mentioned this on the show, but she's part of a thing called Salon of Shame, where she reads diary entries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their next show is Friday, August 28th at the Triple Door. Tickets and info at triplethreatvarietyshow.com. And I think she said she was going to put a link up in the Stens page. So if you can find it among all the other stuff, um, <laughs> it's probably under a thread about whether or not people like dogs at the picnic. <laughs> but if you can scroll through all of that drama, you'll find a link for the triple set variety show. And I wish I could go. I, I won't be there for it, but um, a diary entry from 15 year old Phyllis Ledger sounds amazing to me. It does. I'll pin it to the top of the page if I can find it. All right. Uh, or better yet, put it in the description of when we post this show. So you can pin this 
and then also that. Okay. Um, I think that's it for me for this week. Uh, was there anything that I missed of yours that you want to get in? I don't think so. Yeah, we successfully managed to run particularly long, even without Mike here. <laughs> I know, even without a third boy. I don't know how we did it without a prison story, but I'm proud of us. Yes. <laughs> oh, music for your weekend, right. Uh, oh, yeah. You probably got it from Friday's show. I'll just run it through. Fletch had Just Fine by Mary J. Blige, um, which goes with the Go Hard or Go Home dance. I have no idea what that looks like, but I'm going to go look it up. Um, Luke wanted to do Just Like Jesse James by Cher, but was afraid it might be racist, so opted for the Phantom Planet cover of Our House, which I had not heard before, but was awesome. It was so great. Um, Walsh brought uh, The Primitives' Crash to the table, which is one of those songs that is amazing, and then you forget exists, so that made me really happy. Um, And listener Nick chiming in on the super theme, all of the songs that ended the shows this week were by bands with super in their name, like ultimate Frisbee bands that have given themselves a superlative in their name (laughs) Um, with she came on from super deluxe, which was another great song. This is exactly what I love about music for your weekend. I'm going to find these, throw them into a playlist and, and just add them to the mix. Agree. Um, Christy, since it's the two of us, um, do you want to split up housekeeping? I'll start and then we'll just go line by line. Sure. Um, we'll start, folks, with how you can get... Even though I'm terrible at it. <clears throat> yeah, well, you know. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's... Um, do you want to do another Bumbershoot reminder for those of us who are not familiar? I don't even know if there are even any tickets left. Um, there usually is tickets. And also, just um, to save money, if you really want to go to that Monday show, I would... My advice is to wait until Saturday or Sunday and check Craigslist because people are just trying to, they've spent all three days or, you know, two days there and they're tired and they'll unload their tickets for really cheap or even go down there in the morning. And I've given away tickets free for the, for the Monday day. Sure. So check that out. Finally, a legitimate reason to be looking for things on Craigslist. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And of course the picnic this Wednesday, uh, Six o'clock to nine o'clock. LRB will be there. I will be there. Christy will be there. I assume Jeremy's coming with you. Yes. There w- and, um, oh, I just wanted to say, Tier, who I've dubbed the queen of after parties, is putting together something at the Savage Moose fo- uh, immediately following the picnic. That's right. Uh, so after the picnic, save room for small plates at the small Savage Moose. Small plates, cheap drinks. There is Great bartenders. a moderate amount of parking, plenty of room inside. Uh, it was not that expensive uh, last time we were there, although someone picked up my check. So thank you. I think that someone was you. And um, come join us. And then uh, if you're not in Seattle, check with your local uh, tens pages to see if there's anything local going on. There is a picnic in New York spearheaded by uh, New York City's newest 10, Kelly Folkers. Uh, six o'clock meeting in Sheep's Meadow at Central Park. If you need more info on that, check the uh, NYC Tens page or just message Kelly McBride Folker. She's only super busy moving into her new apartment this weekend mm-hmm. and sciencing, <coughs> right? And doing new science. job, new school, new apartment. Go yeah. ahead and yeah, she'll be yeah. Definitely bombard her that. with a direct message because I think she'll appreciate it. <laughs> 
All right, folks, how you can get involved. LittleRedBandwagon.com is the way to find us. Uh, we have a form there you can fill out, and you can be the next Kevin Farewell. And join us on our Saturday show <laughs> to tell us all about your experience with TBTL. Facebook is LRB, excuse me, Little Red Bandwagon. And, of course, uh, we also uh, throw the occasional note into the Stens page. Our personal Twitters, I'm at RLPAPE, R-L-P-A-P-E. Christy, you're at Kissy Eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S. Uh, Mike Frizzell, on the lamb at Drew McFrizz. And Jeremy, producer, lover, friend, at Dadstronaut, D-A-D-S-T-R-O-N-A-U-T. Uh, the show Twitter, of course, at LRB Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. <clears throat> Shoot us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. And Christy... The latest episode of Nerd Out Loud, a drone strike on um, selfie sticks. Yes, yes. Um, selfie sticks, selfies in general. Um, and we have a vegan on the show. Yes, a bite-sized vegan. Yes. Um, She's YouTube famous for her veganness. You posted that show and Jeremy, I think, wrote on Facebook that he was running out of reasons to not be a vegetarian or to be a vegetarian rather mm-hmm. right now running out of reasons not to be a vegetarian and mike mccauley <laughs> chicago mm-hmm. 10 immediately writes something to the effect of but meat is delicious that's all the reason i need yeah, you don't need any more reason <laughs> so if you're looking to brew up a fight about meat go check out nerd out loud it was a good episode um and i have to say as much as i'm not a vegetarian um, I thought that the bite-sized vegan lady brought some really good points to the table and, and was not just one of those ridiculous, annoying, preachy people. She had her moments, as I think all passionate people do, where she fell back on rhetoric. But for the most part, she was surprisingly level-headed. And I know you guys wanted to get that interview for months. And I'm glad you got someone that was worth the wait. Yes. Should I talk about the archive? Oh, yes. Thing? Okay. Please do. Um, so we officially launched the archive project that we've been talking about for a really long time. It's very daunting because we have um, almost 80 volunteers. So that is great. And if you want to volunteer, just um, send us a message. We have a private Facebook page for members because there's lots of questions. And of course, when you're doing something you've never done before, there's lots of issues. We're already going to, I think we're going to record uh, uh, FAQs and put it at the end of our next episode on this kind of like a no point conversion if this doesn't pertain to you hang up now type situation because um, we're running into a lot of issues the first just a funny story is that the first batch of emails where I sent out here's how to do it here's your assigned week I sent it from my personal email address <laughs> which is fine because I mean, it's not hard. It's just my name. But um, just to try to keep, in the sake of keeping everything in the same area, in the same email, that wasn't a good idea. So everybody is starting to work on it. Tons of questions. We took down the tbtl.net infinite guest page for a little bit yesterday. (laughs) Uh, I think just everyone was excited to get in there and start downloading and I don't think they were ready for that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But um, (laughs) it's back up and running. So yeah, I'm very excited about this project. And my goal is I would love to be current in the next couple months where we're just having to do one per day, keeping up with the show. And this is for you guys. So 
we're going to put it out there and it will be searchable and you'll be able to say, when was it that they they talked about Lenny Kravitz's junk? And you'll be able to do a quick search, know the episode and go straight there. And we'll, it'll have links. It's going to be a great resource. So if you still want to join, we'll take as many volunteers as possible. That's right. This is, uh, I was trying to come up with a FUBU joke, like four tens by tens, but there's no, <sighs> there's no vowel. <laughs> so it really right. just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's a really- We'll just do what white people always do and, and appropriate it. Right. Now it means. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, I'm just so overwhelmed with the positive and strong response we've gotten to it. I'm so glad that so many people are getting excited about this. I, sometimes I think there's only a few of us that really care. And then things like this happen and dozens and dozens of people have come out. And so again, if you got that email from CY69, LOL at hotmail.com, just ignore <laughs> that. <laughs> And email littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. And if you have any questions, let us know. Jeremy's the one who's really heavily involved with this, although, Christy, you're doing all the legwork now. I'm just yes. sitting back and watching, but I'm really impressed. So Mostly because I love spreadsheets. That's really the love of this. <laughs> all right. Uh, Christy, get us out of here, would you? All right. Until next time, this is the next party. And, Mike, get back here soon. We miss you, buddy. Nailed it! I want my hot plate back, you dick!